Good evening, everyone. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Lag Radio, your number one source for weekly video game appreciation, chiptune idolatry, do-it-yourself art endeavors, and so very much more. This evening, we are finishing up what we started. We're finishing the fight. We're going back to Earthbound. We only got through about half of it last week. Maybe even less than half. <laughs> Two thirds of it. Yeah. So we're hardly finishing. I mean, we are finishing the fight, but yeah, it's gonna. It's not even. We've yeah. still got plenty more to hustle through. So we're gonna be covering Earthbound. We're gonna be talking about the story uh, right after the coffee break portion. That's about. Uh, I guess we could say like a third of the way through the game. When you. Yeah, a third or fourth of the way. Something like that. So. That's kind of like a good stopping point that we had last week after the big, long discussion about the development of the uh, game from Shigesato Itoi. We're going to be talking all about the story and the remaining plot of it all the way through the final battle. Yeah, there's actually no uh, section here for music because I kind of think it speaks for itself. The music does speak for <laughs> itself and also for time constraints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's other things to discuss. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the gameplay elements, of course, after we're done with the plot, and then finally kind of summing up our thoughts. we talk a little bit about, about the music or at least special things about the music, but if we have time. We'll yes, see. yeah, we'll try and fit in as best possible. For now, though, let's get into said music. We're going to be jumping into a song called Get on the Bus. I'm sure you will be able to recognize it. And then we're going to be getting to the Metropolis of Forsyth, which is pretty pretty right on where we are in the story. So if you want to call in, 949-824-5824, 949-UCI-KUCI. We're going to be doing a giveaway later on, as we do every single week. Yeah, this these, week. these giveaways have been awesome for Earthbound, so you don't want to miss it. This Thank one's you. really cool. Thank you. Yes. So last week we had the Starman Deluxe patch. Yeah, and I actually got to correct myself. I... I mislabeled it it was uh final starman right yeah i said yeah. final starman but it was that one looks the same it's a palette swap though so that one was that one is the last i guess the final starman that you encounter which is kind of the the whole thing well before the ghost of starman but right sure either way yeah i'll stop talking about that so we can fit more in the, the story discussion but yeah this is the del- the starman deluxe that we gave away last week and this time it's going to be an onet mouse pad it's a mouse pad of the entire, yeah, the entire map of the hometown of Ness, Onet. So you can win that when I tell you to call in later on, 949-824-5824-949-UCI-KUCI. We have a host of different social media places that you can go to now. Uh, one of them, facebook.com slash radio. Another one is now our playlist page that I've been working on. It is la- uh, Lag Life Radio, or no, I'm sorry, it's lagradio.kuci.org. You can go and check that out. We've got the first three, maybe four playlists up there so far with links to each and every song. So you can check that out at cool. your perusal. And we have the first episode of the show archived now on the KUCI archive. So you can check Sands that the music, out. music, but still, right. like, you can listen to the music. Like he said, he has them all linked. So yeah. the, main, the main heart of the show is our discussion. Yes, so you can check out the Zelda Ocarina of Time discussion that we had with our friend Brandon for the first week of the program, and I'm working on cutting up all of the other ones, too. Uh, With that, again, let's get into the music. We've got plenty to cover this evening, so thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. By the way, we have Alex from... Palette Swapped. Of course, on Tuesday nights from 10 to 12. Which uh, Marmar showed up on this past week. So Yes, you maybe. Mi- you... If you missed that episode, you missed a lot. We had a whole hour of Earthbound remixes yes. as a uh, addendum to uh, Like Radio this week. Yes, yeah. They were beautiful, beautiful uh, to add in because, so of good. course, we don't have any time on, on the show tonight. We're just playing all the uh, original tracks. So very, very grateful for Alex playing those awesome covers and remixes. 
All right, again, music, next song, get on the bus, and then the Metropolis of Foresight. Of course, these are done by uh, Keiichi Suzuki. It, it's, yeah, it's it's a mixture of all these guys. They kind of did their own tracks, but there's really no knowledge of every single track and who did what. But right, yeah. Lots of different artist names. Right, so all of them, great soundtrack. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Again, this is Lag Radio with Marmar the Midboss and Alex. Good evening, everyone. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar here with Lag Radio, and I'm joining the station by Alex of Palswap. Yes. What's up? We are talking Earthbound this evening, and we... Still. Yeah, we are still talking Earthbound. We started it last week. There's just so much great stuff to get to when it comes to... Uh, all of the the music and the gameplay elements and the development story, which was amazing. If you missed last week's show, we're going to have it up uh, available for archive soon. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, we're talking about the story. Where we last left off last week... Coffee break. Coffee break. It was just a short little coffee break, but it's such a special coffee break. <laughs> yes. Uh, you get to go to Saturn, Mr. Saturn Valley, and uh, yeah, you have this little kind of interlude yeah recollection yeah. of everything that's gone by from a third person yeah like talking to you as the player it's very it's very like ahead of its time yeah think of it because you you as ness you have no voice in the game you're not speaking at all so this is kind of um, a little bit to think about ness as as more than just this this voiceless mute character think about like if link in zelda in the zelda series were to suddenly have a voice yeah dialogue and start yeah. talking. It's pretty neat. So uh, we had the coffee break. After that, we took the third sanctuary by defeating the Trillionage Sprout. And we used uh, the bus from three to go to four side. Because three was all yeah. uh, healed and stuff from, uh, from was it Burp? Or yeah, Bel- Master, or Master Belch. Master Belch was gone. So that was what was creating the zombies. And now the zombies are gone. And so three is great. Now you can take the bus to yeah. four side. Which is great. Except... There's traffic. Yes. Just, just like, like in California. real life. Yeah. <laughs> you hit traffic in this desert area. Yes. And then that's when the uh, bus driver is just like, you know, this is going to take a long time. You should just get off. And so <laughs> you out. do. You get out of the bus and you're kicked out in the middle of the desert. You get started to, uh, you get attacked by moles and these You can get he- thirsty uh, heat snakes. stroke and. Yeah. You have to have wet towels on your, on your person if you want to try and heal these uh, heat stroke issues. Heat stroke is kind of like poison, I guess. When you get heat stroke, you're just like slowly losing hp as you're walking that's true yeah i like that as a as a concept because it's not just your usual poison it's also you like you see it coming you know it's going to be coming at some point you got to prepare for it yeah yeah it it was a good it was a good addition to the game but yeah so when you're going through the desert trying to reach foresight you come across a miner who's like hey i'm going to be digging a hole here looking for buried treasure uh can i have any food (laughs) and so you give some of the food that you've got on on your inventory to him i think you have to i think yeah. in, in order to progress through the game so you give him a little food and we'll get back to him in a little bit but you do eventually reach foresight and i love 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 foresight for one particular reason and that is the perspective shift mm-hmm. i love how it changes from the perspective when you're going through the towns of like three or or onet it's just totally different this top down sort of thing it's supposed to, yeah it's supposed to be more top down even though it's still angled um and the buildings are like high rises to kind of give you the the uh the feeling of just this huge city that you're not used to Mm because you go to these little towns and stuff, but then you see these like giant buildings and the perspective shift is very effective. Right. And I like it a lot because if you were thinking it from these kids perspective, these 
skyscrapers would be crazy. They'd be yeah. massive. Like this is the the feeling that they should be imparting if you were a kid. So uh, very much like that. So you reach Forsyth on the other side of the traffic, and there you need to find a Mr. Mont- Monatoli who's in charge of the city. But no one really knows where he is. Um, so we're going to try and find out where he is. But in the meanwhile, we found the Runaway Five. They're back again. So we just got done listening to a couple of songs. There's another venue over there. Yes, they're yeah. playing at. So one of the songs that we listened to was the Runaway Five's final performance, and uh, yeah, they happen to be once again playing at a venue and stuck in a contract because they don't again. know how to. Yeah, again, <laughs> they don't know money. They don't know money very well. Before we paid back like a ten thousand dollar debt that they had, and now it's basically a, a million bucks. Is according yeah. to the manager that's in there. It's like we've got the Runaway Five unless they somehow give us a million bucks. Like there's no way they're getting out of this. Hmm, I wonder. Well, let's go back to the desert then. There's a hole in the because ground. At the time, the guy was saying he's trying to find some some diamonds and and buried treasure. So you think, oh right, yeah. yeah, let me go see what he's doing. Yeah, maybe there'll be some buried treasure. Who knows? So there you find that now there's a hole in the ground and leads to a cave. That has been, I assume, constructed by the miner or, or kind just of dug annoying out or cave. something. Uh, most it, caves in the game are annoying, but yeah, this one has a lot of poison, I think. I think you can get poison pretty easily. So Now, how often were you buying the secret herbs to, to heal? Yeah. Not much. Not much. I, you I, I, just used, on... I use magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Paula's, uh, um, Paula had healing, and uh, I think Ness did as well. Ness had a whole lot of PP for me. So. True. Yeah. I'm trying to think what did PP is. Oh, Psy points. That's right. Yeah, I think what that stood points for. or something. Yeah. So you go through this mine, and within it exists five moles that you must defeat. Somehow, each one of them, when you approach them, they say, I'm the third strongest mole of the five. <laughs> and yep. they say it in all these different various quirky ways. Just So every mole, every all five moles that you fight are the third strongest mole. <laughs> and they all have on the part of the background, which I don't think we've mentioned the backgrounds in this game are fantastic. Mm, right. Um, like animations and stuff. Um, it's kind of like screensavers. It says number three behind each one. Right. Of those. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh, I love it so much. So you defeat. It's just a lot of like ones. a lot of this game is a parody on other games too. Like where it's mm. like, oh, you know, you're gonna defeat the fifth strongest or whatever, and so they're just like making fun of the whole thing. Where it's like every one of them is is the third strongest. Right. Even like I think in uh, the first Pokemon games, there was that moment when you're on oh, the yeah. Cerulean City, br- the bridge, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you have to fight all of them in succession and they get more difficult yeah yeah so even years after earthbound came out it's still it's parodying the future in some ways i love it so you clear out the mine eventually and the miner is like thanks for clearing out the mine and all those moles and stuff how about you know i don't have too much to give you but i did find this giant diamond if you want it i mean okay sure I'll take the diamond. <laughs> so you take this gigantic diamond, and of course, what are you going to do with a giant diamond as a kid? No. You're not, you're not going to pawn it. No. You're going to go and help out your buddies in Runaway 5. So you pay off their million-dollar debt. Luckily, that is acceptable to the manager, and they have one final performance with Venus, the very, very famous vocalist uh, who's not part of the group but also is performing at the same venue. And this is the last time in the game you can uh, hear them perform. Yeah, and then they just kind of disappear. So... After that part, the department store that's in Foresight opens up. Before then, you weren't able to get inside, I it's don't like think. under construction, yeah. Yeah, so this is the point where it opens up to you, and you get to go and check out some new equips and whatnot, things that you get to buy, you know, your fancy bats and frying pans and such. But while you're in it, just as you're about to leave, the lights just go out, pitch black, 
and suddenly Paula is taken by aliens. Of course, what else? What else is going to happen in an Earthbound? This is a brutal part of the game. Too. This is so Unless tough. you have the teddy bears, uh, <laughs> which you did not. The teddy bears or the bottle rockets. Yes. Both of those yeah. I did not get when I was playing my particular file. But yeah, this was this was a toughie. You've got mystical records that are going to wreck you for Myst- sure. Mystical rec- records. <laughs> records, yes. You've got these mystical records that kind of just bombard you. And then you've got scalding hot coffee that attacks you too, and just like throws hot coffee on all all of your party, which is just you and ne- uh, you as Ness and Jeff. Yeah, because you lost Paula, so there goes your healing and a lot of your psi magic and stuff. Yep, and if you didn't see this coming like I did, then you probably put your really good items on Paula, and now you <laughs> don't have them. So yeah, it's a this rough. game does this a lot, where you're just like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, and then you lose the items that were on someone that goes away. <laughs> right. If you're able to somehow struggle through this, though. You do get to the top of the department store, and you find the department store Spook, who's the leader Spook of the invasion. The Spook oh, is that Mook. his name? Spook? Because there's another character with the same sprite that's called Mook. Right. Yeah, they're Spooks. Okay. Or the, this guy's a Spook. Yeah, the other ones are the Mooks. Part of the part of the Mook family. Yeah, Mook. <laughs> uh, and uh, you have to fight this department store Spook because, of course, you want to try and save Paula. But, unfortunately, Paula's not there. She's not even being hidden by this Spook. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead, she's been given to Monitoli, the leader, uh, or the kind of controller of the foreside yeah town, he's, so. he's the yeah the main force like i think mayor or something or not the mayor but just like he controls foreside pretty much basically yeah yeah because he's got the money yeah. so we're told that she's with monotoli and that uh gigas gigas is going to avenge the spook's death so again a mention of gigas kind of bringing back into the into the background don't forget you know, you've got all these fights and all these crazy things happening. There's still Gygus coming. Yeah. He's still coming. He's so. angry. Yeah, he's not going to be happy. So you need to go and try and find Montoli. Can't figure out where he is, but there have been word around the town. Some people have been spreading rumors saying that they've seen Montoli going into the cafe. That's important to know that this cafe is only a cafe in Earthbound. Yeah. In the original <laughs> Japanese version in Mother 2. And the only thing they changed was the name of it from pub to cafe. Everything right. else. Oh, and the dialogue. But yeah. they're holding beers and yep. <laughs> there's, uh, the like, beer, there's a beer wall or yeah. like a liquor wall <laughs> behind the bar. Yeah, it's it just great. It looks just like a bar, but it's a co- it's a cafe. It's it's hilarious. Which is kind of funny in its in its own way. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. We didn't really do much effort to change this. It's just it's just a cafe. <laughs> you guys will believe it. I love it. And See, people getting buzzed yeah. off the coffee and not. Oh know. yeah, <laughs> buzzed wink off the coffee. Yeah, exactly. Of course. I would. I yeah. It's it's kind of funny that they did this because as kids you probably wouldn't even get that at all. But then when you get older and you see, like, okay, they're really not, like, being obvious about it. <laughs> I love it. So you get into the cafe, and there is this sudden, crazy, hallucinogenic experience that happens when you, like, knock on the wall in the corner of the cafe, quote-unquote cafe, and suddenly everything just turns into this alternate reality version of Foresight where it's all just kind of pitch black but with this neon outline. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that really cool. Dumbo sequence in the movie yeah. Dumbo with the with the elephants that are just pink like elephants. pink elephants, yeah, they're all just scary. It yeah. Really is, it's a scary and moment. The music's really good here too. It's like super ambient. Yes. So this is a, a crazy alternate version where they even tell you yes means no, no means yes. yes. <laughs> this messed me up maybe once or twice too. I, I was there to experience that. That was so good. <laughs> it always messes people up. Like they, you really think it's like oh it's just a joke, but then you're like no, no, no. It you actually go to the is. hospital. Do you want to heal someone? Yes. Oh, you don't. <laughs> just turn me down. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. <sighs> Jeez, and there's even like a random blonde guy who'll just like warp you to random spots across the yeah, town. A few random blonde guys, yeah. Yeah, they all look the same. So yes, it's a wild, crazy moonside thing. You find out that there is a reason why everything just 
suddenly turned all wacky and topsy-turvy, and it's because there is... You eventually fight the Manny Manny statue. Yes, the, the Manny Manny statue is in front of uh, Monotoli's building mm-hmm. in, in Moonside, and he's been messing with Monotoli. That's the reason why Monotoli kind of went crazy, I guess, and took Paula or whatnot. So, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So you fought the Manny Manny statue, you beat him up, and then you are returned to normal because that was what was actually warping your mind too. You find the statue inside of the you you back wait room. you kind of yeah you see the broken statue and then you see boxes and you're like what the heck? You talk to a mouse. I mean I guess you <laughs> could talk to a mouse. Um, basically, what you find out is that that was just a like a, a projection or or the uh, the Manny Manny statue was controlling your mind. And you were just in the back room of this the whole time, just experiencing yep. like you're in Moonside, like this crazy alternate dimension. And then you leave and you find out, oh, I was just in the cafe or bar the whole time. Yep. Which is just crazy. Like, I don't know. For the, for a game in 1995 doing that, it's just so mind-blowing. It and was. It's, it's really wild. It's a great sequence. So you need to now find Monotoli in the real foreside, not the Moonside. So you find him in his office. And Paul is there with him. Paul is returned to you because Monotoli doesn't really have anything against you. He's kind of grateful, I think, for freeing him from the, the money, money. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's there's some spots some spots taken out, but again, playing the game is worth it because then you, you get a lot of the details that are in there. I was remembering the trout machine. you got to get the yogurt to get back to Monotoli because Apple Kid invents a trout-flavored yogurt Trout-flavored yogurt, yes, yeah. that's true. Uh, <laughs> you have to go back to the so desert special. again to get that picked it up, and there's some good dialogue there. But you eventually get the, the yogurt go up. And the maid lets you in, and you have to go fight through all of these, uh, these sentry robots. <laughs> oh yeah, the down, robots are. <sighs> which almost wiped you out. That was that was a tough one. And then, because this is an important part to me, uh, when you get to this last robot and it's just impossible, then randomly the Runaway Five come and beat and turn them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And yeah. you hear the music and everything, and it's, this is all like you don't see this happening visually. You just you hear the music and you see the text, and it's just really awesome how they effectively show like this like they're coming in and um and helping you with just the with just music and the uh the text that's a great point that's one of the we'll get to this later but that's one of the points in the game that i wasn't too keen on which i think is just necessary because it's how it was back then but the the combat system yeah it's very dragon quest yeah and it's because he grew up or itoi grew up playing dragon quest and so he kind of liked that whole gameplay but i agree i'm not a fan of that kind of you have to imagine what's happening yeah so seeing so seeing that moment with the runaway five and hearing that hearing that music was just yeah yeah it was, it was a special moment so it thank you for good. bringing that one up yes anyway then you find out that yes uh, montoli had paula but it was because like chris uh, marmar said that it's <laughs> it's uh because the mani mani statue was controlling his mind and and telling him that he needed to like just giving him these like voices in his head saying like you need to take paula away and just do all the stuff that he would normally do right he's a very nice guy and he says, you can even use my helicopter. Just go outside and use it and uh, to reach, I think you you need to go back to three, I think, at this point. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. because because in one of his uh, things that the Money Money statue told him was like, don't tell him not to go to Summers or something like that. Like, oh, sure yeah, yeah, go yeah. To Summers. That's what it was. That was the lead. So and you so, say, yeah, yeah. Well, take my helicopter. But as soon as you reach the helicopter, there's that there's so-and-so pokey. pokey. There's that pokey again. The Takes it from you and just just... Basically, does a Gary smell you later? Yeah, exactly, and <laughs> smells floats later. off into the sky. So, yep, stolen by Pokey, and you're left to just kind of think, how am I going to get to Summers? And, and we get in the back yeah. room after Monotoli, and you're like, oh yeah, Runaway Five is here, and they're like, hey, we can take you on our bus. 
So yep, you and go so down to now, the bottom of the Montatoli building, and they yeah. have their bus out there, and you take a ride in their uh, the funk bus. The funk bus, yeah, <laughs> all the way back to <laughs> three. And you take Jeff to the crashed starship that he uh, took to save you and Sky Paul in the runner. beginning. Or the Skyrunner. Sky Skyrunner, that's what The Skyrunner, yeah. So he repairs it, lickety-split, and you zip on over to... Actually, I think at this point you go to Winters because you need to get the fourth sanctuary location. You, you meet Dr. And Donuts. Oh, yeah. That's right. And that this first. is where he's like, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for helping out Jeff, my son. I uh, haven't seen him in like... Ten years. Ten years-ish? Even though something? they're in the same area, it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> the whole relationship is weird. It is. It is very interesting. He actually, funny to note, he actually does not say... I don't think he says his... I don't know. I just know that there was there was uh, like very few parts that he actually refers to him as his son. Hmm. Which is, I don't know, interesting dialogue perspective. Yeah. Jeff definitely mentions that he's his dad yeah. at some couple but points. But the very but... end, I think, is when he finally says, like, Jeff, my son. And it's like, ah. oh, it's the first time he says oh. it's his son. I wonder if just... this is, yeah, commentary on, like, Japanese yeah. fathers and stuff. Hmm. Okay, we'll get more to that. Or just Itoi's experience with fathers. <laughs> that's or, probably yeah, what it is because he called true. the game Mother. Could be that, too. So they take the Skyrunner at this point after meeting Dr. Andonuts and taking over the fourth sanctuary location, which is watched over by a shroom. Oh, yeah, the shroom is in there. But isn't it? Yeah, you have to go through all the. That's later. Is it? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I guess you can do it in whichever order you want. Okay. I know know what sanctuary you're talking about. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I think you can do that later on. Yeah, the shroom is uh, the shroom. Like the springs or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's the fourth sanctuary location. And now we get to go to Summers, and we crash the Skyrunner again. And this time, it's in pieces. There's no it's repair. Done. This That's it. It's done So So we just are trying to find a lead on how to get to the pyramid that holds the weapon that we can use against Gygus somehow. So with that, we're going to get back into the music. We're going to listen to the song for Summers, Summers Eternal Tourist Trap. And then after that, we're going to listen to the Floating Kingdom of Dalam. You might be wondering what that is. We're going to tell you very shortly. 949-824-5824 is the number two call. 949-UCI-KUCI. We're going to be doing a giveaway later on in the program, so make sure that you get that phone yeah, handy. get that number memorized. Yes, please, because you're going to want to win the Onet mouse pad, please. Uh, or not please, but definitely. Yes, please. No, yeah, please. Yeah, well, please. Yeah, please. Please win it <laughs> from me. Because it's very good. <laughs> look on the, you can look on the Instagram, Instagram.com slash DJ underscore underscore Marmar. Yes, You can yes. see a picture of that. It's pretty sweet. The double underscore, make sure you get that in there. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash radio. And now our playlist page is up and running at lagradio.kuci.org. Uh, <laughs> All these different names you have to remember. I know, yeah. I really need to have something in front of me just like, this is that, yeah. this is that, this is this. Yes. So plenty more on the way, though. So enjoy this music by the four composers of the... Uh, Earthbound soundtrack, Akio Omori, Ritsuo Kamimura, Keiichi Suzuki, and Hirokazu Tanaka. Thank you so much for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. This is Alex here, and mm. we are Lag Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex of Palette Swapped, and we are Lag Radio. We just got done listening to a couple more tracks off of the Earthbound original soundtrack. We are talking, of course, Earthbound this evening. Most recently, Pink Cloud Shrine. Before that one, a very short one, Moo, or Moo Training. Before that one was the Floating Kingdom of Dalam, and then at the top of the set was Summer's Eternal Tourist Trap. All right, we continue the story. We pick it up 
from Summers. Summers is basically exactly what you think it would be. It's just this resort city. It's a lot of beach. There's a lot of beautiful people. Or I assume beautiful because, you know, pixels can only come across so <laughs> so well. But I assume there's in my a beach. head. There's a beach. There's going to be beautiful people. And uh, a lot of overpriced food, too. But more importantly, there's a museum there. And it happens to have some hieroglyphics that'll have to do with a pyramid that you're going to have to enter soon. But before you get to that point, before you can get into the museum, I believe, you get to try and enter into the Stoic Club. And I love this, this sequence. Awesome, yeah. It's so good. It's just like a bunch of people in a, in a room talking about these open-ended philosophical mumbo-jumbo-y questions and psychology. And imagine playing this as a kid. You're just like, ah, this is going over my head. Yes, But it's not, just, it's not just incoherent. Like, you can understand it. It's just very, very hoity-toity. Yes. And like, then there's a rock on the stage. Yes, <laughs> there's a rock. It's super pretentious. <laughs> awesome. It's so good. Just like, what is my id speaking to me right now? What about the ego, though? Like, it's, <laughs> and it's, then she goes, oh, my my uh, mooncakes or whatever. What was it? Oh, yeah. You have to take a magic magic cake. Magic cakes. She's like, oh, my magic cakes? Oh, you want to try one? Oh, okay, well, then just come outside and to my stand and I mean, this already <laughs> sounds super sketchy as a kid just going up to this but then you get the magic cake and of course yep. you start hallucinating of you course yeah screen warps and then it takes you to a completely different area yep and you are now suddenly in the sandals of prince Pooh of dalam he is Much like when you uh controlled jeff and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In a different area you are now controlling just Pooh. right Right, and he is on this floating city in the sky. Uh, once we go outside, we see there's like a bunch of clouds around and such. Pink clouds. Pink clouds, which is where we get that song Pink Cloud Shrine from. So, yeah, the prince is told by some of his confidants and such that he has one last trial that he has to complete before his training is finished. And uh, he must go to a hill that's on this floating Con- not continent, but floating city of Delam, mm-hmm. goes to the hill by himself in complete and total silence, and he is greeted by a spirit. It's kind of a battle sequence, though. And with, this is one of the it, like most pivotal parts for me, where it's just like, because all up to this point, it's just been kind of like, oh, zombies and stuff, but then this, it gets really dark. Yeah, because it's there's awesome. this really scary, lo- it's, <laughs> it's dark, it's awesome. I love. That's... I just love games that like like this and like Killer7, a lot of uh, Sudokoichi games that do that, where it's just like really like lighthearted, and then it just gets like really dark, and you don't know if you should laugh or what it should be. It's it's very, a conflict of emotions, really good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful in the sense of the contrasts. So you've got this creepy looking, kind of wormish looking thing with this old man face on it, and it tells you that in order to finish your training, I have to strip you of your ability to move your arms and legs. And it tells you, do you yes or no. Yeah. Like, do you accept? Yeah. And so you can say no, and I think at that point you probably get a game over. You, well, you fail the, you just fail the, the oh, the test. Oh, you have okay. to start over. You have to go all the way back and talk to the guy and then start ah. back your training. So Gotcha. So you have to basically say yes to get through the this. The funniest thing about this, I have to mention this on the show, is that there's always chances that your dad can call. And this happened to Marmar. This has never happened. I've never seen anyone mention this, but his dad calls, or Ness's dad calls him as he's meditating when you're not supposed to touch anything. And yes. interrupts his meditation. And I've never seen that happen. And like that seems extremely rare. Is It was such a perfect moment. It was amazing. That, I, like, in the middle of the meditation. So he had to go all the way back, start over. <laughs> and it was it was incredible. But anyway, yeah. So he gives you the choice to, to do this stuff. And it progressively gets worse and worse. He's like, okay, I'm going to... I will now like take your eyes out. You won't be able to see anymore. Yeah. Or like I think before that, he takes it's, your ears off. Takes your ears and the and the music stops. Like All the sounds. Sound yeah. Stuff goes it just out. cuts out and then takes your eyes and you can't see anything. And then says like I need to take your mind as well. 
are you okay with this? Like and you won't yeah. feel sadness. You won't feel like it was just really like, I don't know, for a kid, it's super deep. It was, yeah, it was deep. It was dark. And so you, you finish your training with all of that. So Pooh is now taught the ability to teleport. And he said that he's, he needs to go to, uh, a boy his, named Ness. A boy named Ness. That's where his, his destiny leads him. So he teleports to Ness in Summers. And there we go. We got our four-person squad fulfilled. And uh, now we get to go through more of Foresight. Actually, I think we have to go back to Foresight to get through the Fifth Sanctuary because we get to go through the museum. There's a museum in Foresight. Oh, that's right. And uh, to reach the back room of the museum that we have to go into, we have to get a signature from the famous oh, yeah. vocalist Venus who is playing at that uh, Topola Theater that the, the Runaway Five finished their performance at earlier. So Venus needs to sign anything. The guy's just like, you know what? Give me Venus' signature. It doesn't matter what it's on. I'll take it. It's good. And so you go and watch Venus do her performance. And you, of course, because you have a relationship with the Runaway Five, they're like, oh, yeah, come into the back. You can talk to Venus. It's loaded. cool. <laughs> yeah, that's who. Yeah. You're <laughs> oh, you're that famous guy that keeps paying off the Runaway Five's contract. <laughs> just come on in. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and Venus is like, oh, yeah, I'll sign something for you. And you find, she finds a banana peel somewhere yeah. lying like, around. Oh, it's just like that. That's it. So here you go. There's my signature. Signs the banana peel for you, and you present it to the guy in the in the museum, and he lets you into the black the back room that leads you into the sewers of Foresight. So of course, yeah. Where where else are you going to get to the sewers of Foresight than a mysterious yes, back room in a museum? Exactly. But of course, so you get into the sewers, and that's going to be your fifth yeah. uh, sanctuary. Plague Rat of Doom looks really creepy too. He has a very like yeah. long smile with tiny little eyes, and yeah. True. A lot of these uh, <clears throat> these guardians are are pretty creepy. It's great. They're creepy. It's interesting because I don't really feel like they're very good boss fights in the sense that they're challenging. No, no, they're just like creepy looking. It's creepy looking, and, and they seem intimidating. But yeah, yeah. They're actually not too bad. So you get the fifth melody and also a carrot key, which is apparently used to make rabbits move or something. I don't know. So th- you take it to the only rabbits you know in the game. You teleport back to Delam, where Prince Pooh hails like from. These shadow rabbits guarding, uh, guarding a cave. Right, and so you just have to know. Okay, well, that's the only rabbits I know of. Here's a carrot key, and they take it from you, and then just disappear. They're gone. And <laughs> so you get to go through the sixth sanctuary very, very quickly. Actually, going from the fifth to the sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, it kind of like snowballs, and you're like, oh shoot, am I going through this game pretty quickly? But yeah, yeah there's still there's, plenty more. There's lots more. So you take down the sixth sanctuary boss, Thunder and Storm. And you record one final melody for this segment of our talking, at least. Because I think we're going to have a lot more to cover before we hit Sanctuary 7. We have to sail on now to Scaraba. So from Summers, we have to go to where this pyramid is located. And that is across the ocean. So to get there, however, we have to go over the ocean and through a dreaded Kraken. There's yeah. a Kraken. And the Kraken fight was pretty okay for me. I don't think I had and too much challenge. And before this, though, an important part... You oh. you go and you find a door that has Tony who's uh, or or Tony calls or something like that yeah. who is Jeff's friend yep. from the boarding school and asks for your name not Ness's name but the player's name the one who's playing the game and he's like he's collecting names for I forgot what it was like a report or something like that yeah something like that <laughs> some like or a, a video game like I need names of people who are playing the video games or something like that so it's kind of a fourth wall breaking thing but also like okay I guess I'll put my name in and sure like, oh, okay cool see ya. And so we just forget about it for a little while. And then you go and you take the boat and and uh, find your way across to the Kraken, which is kind of annoying. See, I was okay with it, I think. 
Because you probably had the Franklin badge. I had the Franklin badge, yeah. and I was also just kind of lucky, I think, with some of the RNG or whatever. But yeah, so yours was a little more challenging. Yeah, a little bit. That's that's more of the sanctuary boss that I think we would come to expect. But mm-hmm. instead, no sanctuary in sight, just in the middle of the ocean. So you take down the Kraken and you reach Scaraba, and you are able to find that there is a pyramid nearby, southeast of the city. And you get to use the hieroglyphics from the Summers Museum that you had entered. Mm-hmm. To as a clue to open the pyramid. Yeah, that opens the pyramid. You have to just walk. To I don't know if it's ever spots. like given to you outright. It's just like you see these switches. And you're like, oh, where have I seen that format before? And you, right. You get a little piece of that hieroglyph uh, uh, tablet or something like that, so you can reference it. So you don't have to go all the way back to the museum to, yeah. to get that, which is good. But yes, that is true. I think that maybe if this was a an NES game, it probably <laughs> would force you to either go back or like write it down. Like you need to yeah. write these things down on a piece yes. of paper. So good that they that they kept that in your inventory. Uh, yeah, so you get to enter the pyramid and now you get to fight all these different mummies and, and I guess they're not even called mummies, they're called like... Oh, Shattered s- Men? Shattered Men. Shattered Man or something like that? Yeah. yeah. kind of creepy <laughs> sounding. <laughs> they look pretty grotesque too. Yes, they do. And there's also the hieroglyphics. They're animated, sen- well, I guess sentient human, yeah. like hieroglyphics. One of them is in the form of a dog, another is just a person. They pop out at you and you don't expect it because you just go through some other hieroglyphs and then... They pop out. You're like, oh shoot! Well, I have a lot more to deal with than I thought. Yeah, they're and they're kind of challenging, like yeah. with the with the gauntlet of them that you're having to fight, and you can't really. A lot of those enemies like, in that area yeah. were kind of challenging. And trying to there's so many. There is a technique we haven't mentioned this because it's oh, a gameplay yeah. part, but there is a technique where you can make your enemies that are on the screen disappear, kind of. Despawn, like if you play Despawn, Mega Man yeah. and you can like you go to the screen, you would defeat an enemy, go back, and then come back, they'll respawn because that's just how the game works. So it kind of does the same thing here where you just go away from the screen and then it'll spawn a new combination, either one or four or zero. And so you can easily kind of like game the system by doing that. Right, exactly. In this sequence, you're not exactly able to do that because you're walking across these stairs that move very, very slowly and there's not a whole lot of space to just kind of move and make them despawn. So And you can't I don't you can't despawn uh, uh hieroglyphs either. The hieroglyphs, so. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. So good luck. Yeah. It's a toughie, but good luck. Eventually, you reach the lowest point of the pyramid, I believe, and you find the Hawkeye, which is meant to help you see through darkness. Hmm, who knows what that's going to be used for. But Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, indeed. So you get spit out at the other end of the pyramid's route, and you happen to be across, like, this straight... It's, it's, yeah, I guess it's... like it's, you went underground and then And somehow, underwater. Yeah, underwater and then came through another area. Yeah, it's and pretty neat. And then you eventually find this giant, like, statue... You go to it and you enter it. Right. You end up finding out that that is uh, Brick Road. Yeah. Who has finally gotten his dream come true of becoming <laughs> Dungeon Man. He's he literally is. a dungeon now. Yep. He doesn't just build dungeons. <laughs> so he becomes a dungeon. And the music in this part is so crazy. Do you have this queued up at all? Or? Um, For this one, dungeon actually, no. I, well, I have Inside the Dungeon. Which yeah, that might that might might be, be a little bit. We'll so we'll see. Um, but there's just signs all over the place that kind of like a lot of it's making fun of RPGs and stuff yeah. and being really meta with that. It's it's super good. There was a part where it says upstairs there's a lot of difficult enemies or something, and the difficult enemies are kind of like in these little. It's like a zoo that you go to. Yeah, you it's can like kind a of zoo. Visit all these things. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah, there are difficult enemies here, but they can't touch you. Yeah, they're not gonna fight you or anything. It's so good. It is. It is great. It is a great sequence. So. Um, Important to note, though, after you get through this Dungeon Man thing, right. he joins your party, and he joins your party because you happen to have space in your party because Pooh left. He was whisked away by the Elder, uh, I think the Star Master yeah, right or something. Right after you leave the pyramid, I forgot to mention that. He, yeah. The Star Man's like, we have to t- I have one thing to teach you. I want to teach you 
I think it was Starstorm. Starstorm. Uh, yep. uh, Sai Starstorm. And so he just is like, well, I have to do it, Ness. Sorry. And yep. just jumps, jumps <laughs> up with the... Just disappears. So there you are. Only the three. That's another part that makes the, the pyramids difficult because it's only three of you instead of four. But yeah, so he replaces Pooh, um, having been whisked away previously to try and pick up that Starstorm. But unfortunately, when you start walking around with Dungeon Man, this giant, huge Model. tower behind you, yeah. yeah, he gets stuck be- be- between some trees. Yeah. And so we can't, can't really for- follow you anymore. You only really use him for like, I don't know, 10, 20 <laughs> seconds at most if you don't encounter any battles. Yep. It's a very, very quick walk. Uh, <laughs> so you go and you ditch him for a little bit and you find there's a native nearby who says, in order to get to the next area, the deep darkness, you're going to need to have a submarine. Well... Where are kids going to find a submarine? Well, they can't go anywhere else because the guy, you know, Dungeon Man's blocking the way. So they talk to Dungeon Man. And he says, oh, you know what? I might have one in my in my automobile collection. <laughs> and so what happens is so you, you go, go through. And you find out he has. It's pretty cool because you have all these different things. You see, like, the regeneration machine and all this other stuff that's that's in there. It's like a car. Yeah. Stuff. There's a taxi. Yeah. What, what are these doing in there? a yellow submarine, as some luck would have it, too. Oh, of course. Yeah. Thank goodness it's a yellow <laughs> Thank submarine. Thank you, <laughs> And so there we are. Our yellow submarine can take us now into deep darkness, which is basically this really nasty swamp. And you get to trek through it trying it's to- It's really not fun. Because you no, you, yeah. you're forced to walk super slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, things will always attack you. And then in the lowest, the dark, like the deepest parts of the deep darkness- are like will do damage to you as you walk through too so. yeah yeah so it's kind of like a poison sort of thing that's going on while you're walking very yeah. slowly you can't escape from enemies also very difficult to teleport here too that is a good point yes it is very difficult so yeah this is a tougher part i wasn't a super big fan of yeah, but me neither i mean it was there well, one happened. of the most notable things about it is that you you run into a normal version of like of belch Oh, right. Like different puke or whatever. And then you run into a, another like boss version of Belch. And then Pooh just strikes down with Starstorm. Just like oh, yeah. saves you. Just like the just like the uh, Runaway 5 thing. Right, yeah. It uses the Starstorm right like, in. bam. What's like, up? That's what, he, that's what he went to go learn. And he comes joins your party. Yep. Nothing's talked about it. Just he's back. There he is. Pooh's <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah, I love that as a as a good like, here's a taste of what Pooh is now able to do. Enjoy it. Like, yeah. Heck yeah. And not some huge fanfare. It was just like, oh, Starstorm. All right, he's back in the party. (laughs) I love it. Moving along. (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah, so you take down Master Barf, and uh, at the end of the swamp, you find Tenda Village, which is inhabited by these little sort of green guys who are kind of shy. They won't talk to you. Any of them, they're all just like, "Uh, mm, yeah. Ellipses. So, and that's basically what they actually say. But one guy is not shy. One guy is not shy. And he says, if you were to have a book, that could teach the Tenda people how to conquer their shyness, I'd be able to read it to them, and then they'd be able to speak. Hmm. Of course, Earthbound. Well, of course, Earthbound. So you, <laughs> you leave the village. <laughs> solving shyness in order to progress the story. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Hey, that's how I got over my shyness. Yeah. Um, so you leave well, the you village. you went to the whole library. And <laughs> I, that's true. Now I work one. So you leave the village, and you get a call from Apple Boy or Apple Kid, right? Was it Apple Kid or Apple Boy? Apple Kid. Apple Kid, Kid, yeah. Apple Kid and Orange Kid. So Apple Kid says, you need to go to Winters because Dr. Andonuts is in trouble. He's been taken. Yeah. By aliens. And you see this kind of start adding up. All the aliens are taking things that are progressing the story. Yes, yeah, exactly. They're taking things that could be potential danger to them uh, because the kids have been prophesied to take them down. So. 
yeah, so you need to go and try and save Dr. Oh, Andonuts. I just realized something. I'll talk about it at the end. but Okay, all right. I think this actually is a good point to take a break for a moment. We're going to listen to some more music, though. So let's get through Pyramid, Inside the Dungeon, the Deep Darkness, and more. So if you want to call in, 949-824-5824, 949-UCI-KUCI. You can also check us out on the web, facebook.com slash lagliferadio. Our Instagram is at DJ double underscore. So that's two underscores, Marmar, M-A-R-M-A-R. And we are currently on Instagram Live right now. If you want to join us, you can see us as we speak. Hey, and uh, join the conversation there. You can also check out our playlist page. It is lagradio.kuci.org. We've got the first four or so playlists up right now. You can check out any of those. Uh, I've linked them all, so you can just click on them, and they open up the song in Bandcamp or YouTube or whatnot. So check that out as well if you are interested. Finally, don't forget our giveaway later on. 949-824-5824 is the number you're going to want to call when I tell you to do so, and you can win an Onet mouse pad. It's the uh, the kind of map. You can own it. You can own the Onet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Never skipping a beat. I love this guy. All right. Onet mouse pad later on. Giveaway. Look forward to that. Thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Again, my name is Marmar, the mid-boss. Here is Alex, and we are Lag Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar, the mid-boss, here with Alex, and we are Lag Radio. We are discussing the one and only Earthbound from the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. We just got done listening to uh, four tracks or so from the soundtrack. The most recent one, The Lost Underworld. Before that one was The Deep Darkness. Before that was Inside the Dungeon. And all the way at the top of the set was Pyramid. All right. We're continuing on with the story now. We've gotten through... It's a brand new hour and we're... Yeah. Yeah. Brand new hour. We have 50 minutes. <laughs> we got a lot to cover, so we're going to try and hustle as best we can. So we needed to save Dr. Andonuts, Jeff's dad, Dr. Andonuts. He had been taken by the aliens. So we find out that underneath Stonehenge... That's right. ...is actually a base, an alien base. And you can check this out earlier in the game if you want to brave the uh, cave boys and the bears, but you're blocked by an eraser statue. Right. Now, if you remember earlier, there was a pencil statue. Yes. In order to get rid of the pencil statue... You needed the pencil eraser. So what do you need now? Well, <laughs> once you leave the cave, Apple Kid calls and he's like, hey, I got just the item. It's the eraser eraser. The eraser <laughs> eraser. What else, of course, Earthbound? So you take an eraser eraser to the iron eraser statue and you get rid of it and it, finally your way is and clear. Now, this is an interesting thing. I, I can't remember. I, I think I remember now. I, I Pardon me if I mistranslate, but... In the Japanese version, like I mentioned, the pencil one was an octopus, and you use the eraser to erase the octopus because right. it's a it's a euphemism or not euphemism, but whatever a saying a, a saying in Japan where you get an octopus in your head. It's like when you struggle to try to continue on through a game. Um, so this one is, I think it's a uh, kokeshi, which is a type of like doll. Oh yeah. And in order to to erase, it's a Japanese pun. You and uh, eraser in Japanese is keshi. Right. So you need a kokeshi keshi. <laughs> so it's a pretty good localization, I'd say. An nice. eraser eraser. But, like, yeah, it's one of those things that would not have made sense. And, in, in, you know, it's like a, a, a doll statue eraser. Okay. That's not funny. It's, yeah, it's a no. play of words. I love it. It's so good. Oh, credit to, to the writers <laughs> and the, the localization team, the translator and all that. Yeah, so good. All right. So we've got this base underneath Stonehenge. It's full of aliens, full of robots, especially really kind of your 
second ever encounter with Starmen. Yeah, I think this is you, a major yeah. encounter. You get Starmen, you get these annoying robots that explode once you kill them Ugh, and heal Lordy. all the time. Yep. But yeah. The healing too. It is rough. You go through and you find a factory. You end up going past the factory and you see these capsules with all these people that you know stuck in them. Yep. It's kind of creepy. Kind of like a sci-fi movie. Yep. Um, so you encounter like, I think, Orange Kid's there. I think Apple Kid might be there. Apple Kid is um, New Age Retro Hippie is in there. Yes, <laughs> New Age Retro <laughs> Hippie. Andonuts, of course. Andonuts, yes, and they're and all Mr. Saturn. Mr. Saturn is there yeah. too, and they're all just like glub glub save us. Yeah. <laughs> and so you go one further room in, and you're able to, uh, or you have to fight the Starman Star Deluxe. The, the Deluxe DX. edition. Yeah. Yes. And he's got the spiky spiky things on his body, very intense he looks looking. Very punk. He does. He does. Uh, but finally, you're able to overcome Starman Deluxe. He also was able to summon more Starman, too. Really? That's what happened to me. I, with my fight, I fought the Starman Deluxe. He summoned another one. And then, like, most of my team got wiped out. My HP was almost, it was mortally wounded, and it was ticking down. And uh-huh. I was able to kill the Deluxe, and it took them both out. Oh, my god! It was like, ooh. That's that. So, yeah, it was a close one. But yeah, after you did that. The aliens disappear. Success. You're able to free everyone from their test tubes. And, uh, yeah, they are all, of course, very grateful for you saving their lives. And Apple Kid, amongst them, says that he had a book about overcoming shyness a while back, but he actually returned it already to the library. What a good what a good kid. At Onet. So you got to teleport to Onet, go to the library, if you remember where it is, because it's not on the map. You mm-hmm. have to remember where, where it's placed. Go in there, and you find the book. Huzzah. Then you can go back to Tenda Village. Go back, give that book to them, and then all these things open up. You can get some items, and everyone's like super confident. And these yeah. are the, like green guys. Um, yeah, it's it's good to see them finally come out of their come out of their uh, not cave. Well, they're literally yeah, in their yeah. cave either way, I guess. So, yeah, finally being able to talk without just and then that <laughs> rock that's blocking. I don't think we mentioned that earlier, but there's a rock blocking to pro- for the the next area and right. so the one of the tenda is able to push that finally yes you're able to go down and encounter through among other enemies uh the electro specter electro specter yeah actually it was a pretty easy fight again i had yeah. the franklin badge yeah oh yeah so. with franklin <laughs> badge is super easy <laughs> no big deal it just reflects all lightning attacks or electric attacks so yep no big deal taking down another boss like no thing so you take out the electro specter you get the seventh sanctuary melody and then in this one was actually pretty special because yes. it had that moment where the, there was the wall it's lum lumine lumine or lumine um hall i think is is the yeah is, is the melody and for a reason, because this hall has like dots all over it, and you just see this text scroll by, like you would one of those old kind of um, like marquee, of yeah, marquee type things. Yeah, and it just scrolls these words that's saying like, I don't know where we're do- what we're going, or something like that. Just these random thoughts, and then you f- end up finding out that this is Ness's thoughts being projected onto the wall. Right, because he's like, wait, why are my thoughts appearing on the wall? It's just this really like fourth wall like meta type of thing, and then you get the melody, and you go through, and you're just like, what is what just happened there? It was, yeah, it was super special. Like, hey, this is me. This is my thoughts. After that memory, was there a specific, it was, I think that was like he sees his dad or something like that um, as a a baby. It may have been. And then just drops through and you get to um, the underground? Yeah, you get to, this is where you get to visit the Lost Underworld, which is this crazy perspective shift where it just like zooms out 
and you see these little teeny tiny little pixel yeah. versions of your party. And it's all supposed these, to give you a sense yeah. of scale, just like the four side was, where it was like right. these giant buildings. Now this is even worse, where you're like, okay, you're a tiny little guy, giant dinosaurs around, and this map is very sprawling. Yes, so you have to go through all this jungly sort of thing, and these di- giant dinosaurs are all around you. You know, you thought even throughout the game they mentioned about like dinosaurs yeah. being extinct, and you see the you go to the museum and all that stuff, and yep. you find out they actually exist in the very nope. dark and the very very lower underground, the lost underworld. Yep, still doing their thing. <laughs> so around uh, the lost underworld, though, there are some signs and some kind of caged off areas. And the signs are saying like, "Hey, don't feed the dinosaurs," and, and <laughs> such from the boss of the tendas, the tribe, the tenda tribe. So, you find one of the all the non uh, the non shy uh, tendas are all on the in the lost underworld. Right. And they kind of and it kind of establishes there that they're like, we want to keep ourselves away from them because they're they're bringing us down. <laughs> yes, yes. So you uh, get to talk to one of the tribe members. I think it might have even been the boss, and says. Basically, go down southwest to this cave, and on your way to this cave, find another cave. It's a really strange cave, because there's nowhere that it goes, or so it, it seems. It goes out, you just see this completely cha- complete difference and change of of scenery and music, and it's just like, uh, what? And yeah. Then you go back, and you're like, what is going on? Like, it's just, it's kind of a, a tease onto how much the mood is going to shift in the game. Right. Yes, exactly. So you you just kind of all right. Well, I'm moving along from that little cave, <laughs> and you go to there. the uh, the actual cave that you need to go to. It's the fire shrine. It's our eighth and final sanctuary. Nothing too special about this either. It's just kind of no. a thing you climb up, eventually get to the boss, which is pretty interesting. You got Carbon Dog, um, and once you attack him enough, he turns into Diamond Dog. Yes, naturally, Carbon <laughs> turns into Diamond. Of course, and it's really painful because he has like multiple shields on him, so everything reflects from him. Yep. So yeah. it's, it's probably, I mean, it's the last like melody boss. So right. it's got to be the most annoying. It was definitely, yeah, it was a tougher one for me. I don't think I totally died, but it was a struggle to get through to get through it to the end. So um, yeah, I was glad to see finally like boss level difficulty for what should be a boss. But you finally get the eighth melody recorded onto your soundstone. And when you do, you listen to them all in succession, one after the other. And then Ness collapses. <gasps> what happened? Oh, no. All right. You see, well, first of all, you see him uh, replay a little, uh, like a memory of him walking up to a house slowly. Right. And yeah. And then he goes, and you can see the house. There's a crib in there. Right. So it's kind of the collection of all the all the melodies that he heard, where he picked up different things. It's like playing throughout the whole thing, and you hear the song that's playing, and the a visual representation of these melodies that he's talking about, where the crib, and then you can see. Like his the text is like, um, his mom's like like oh I think he j- I think that bottle just moved that he pointed at. It's not kind of seeing that he oh, had tele- yeah. telekinetic powers at that time. Right, right, right. Yeah. So this is the the proof that this is where Ness kind of came from, and and you're just like reflecting on that, um, but in a very special way because of this melody is apparently super super special to you. So, Ness collapses, and we're gonna cut to some music. So <laughs> we're going to listen to some more stuff now. Uh, it's going to be the eight melodies we're going to listen to, as well as deeper into Ness's subconscious. And then we're going to get right back to talking because we have still a lot more to discuss. Uh-huh. So if you want to call in, 949-824-5824 is the number to call right now, 949-UCI-KUCI. Call in and win the Onet mouse pad. I will be happy to have it shipped off to you wherever you are, um, preferably in the United States. But if not, then I'll accept that too. I will take those shipping costs right to my face and deal with it. So 
949 UCI KUCI, and that ONET mouse pad is yours. Again, thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex, and we are Lag Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex, and we are Lag Radio discussing the one and only Earthbound. In the background, we just finished listening to Deeper Into Ness's Subconscious, and then before that one was Eight Melodies. Perfectly timed with where we are discussing the yes. story right now. We're finishing up the entire plot of Earthbound. Before we get to, to the rest of it, yeah, trying to, best as we can. We've still got a little bit more to go with, uh, you know, kind of like Final Boston stuff. No big deal. But before we do, congratulations to Philip of Irvine for winning the Onet Mousepad. Thank you so much for calling in and listening. Congrats. It'll be going out to you in the next week, so look forward to that. I actually wanted it myself, but there's only one available from what I could see online, wow. so I'm like, dang. It's all right, pretty well, sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, all right, so back into the story. So last happened, Ness collapsed after listening to the uh, eight melodies all played one after the other and doing it's this too little, overwhelming like, for him. Yeah, too yeah. Emotional. Too emotional. Ugh. Ugh. So now we find himself inside of his own head inside of a trippy land that is called Magicant. And inside of it is a bunch of just, like, memories and different characterizations of the people that Ness has encountered over his Super interesting. Few years. I love this part because it's just, like, you don't really see this in a game. It's just, like, you talk to these things, and it's, like, all just memories that are in his head somewhere. It's like, oh, I'm a bird that you heard once. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's just, like, a bird that's in there. It's, like, you you retain these memories and... You end up talking to them and stuff. It's really yeah, cool. yeah. And the colors are often on a number of things, and they change depending on who you're talking to That's as really well. Cool. Yeah. And there's this one kid that you talk to. It's like, oh, hey, I'm I'm you from a younger you. It's like, do you like comic books or or games? And then he's like, oh, what? You're busy? Oh, okay. Kind of like uh, like talking about how once you grow older, then you just become busier and you don't have really time to do the stuff that you love to do. Which is again, you really really pick this up as a kid. But when you get older, you're like, oh, man, that's that's pretty sad. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. You even find the personification of Ness's own courage in the form of these mm-hmm. flying men that kind of are like if you mixed a like a phoenix with a person. Yes. Or, or some sort of like, did you ever watch Ultimate Muscle, Kinukuman? No. Okay, there's, it's like a wrestling anime. Okay. And there's all these different like anthropomorphized wrestlers and they look super over the top and there's like bird people and stuff. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Or like um, there's a character from King of Fighters, Tizok, I think his name is. He's like a bird dude. Same sort of deal. It's a flying man. Bird dude. (laughs) But he's your courage somehow. So he joins your party because it's just you and your mind at this point. There's no, there's no Paula, no Jeff, no uh, Pooh. So it's just so interesting to me just because of the whole, like what it means in the game rather than just like, Oh, you go to fight through your mind. You're actually like, going toward your your worst fear and fighting your worst fear to transcend to a better human being after this. Yeah. Which is like just super interesting. Isn't this a rated E game too? It is. <laughs> I don't know how, but not what I expected. <laughs> not what I expected and I love it. So you go deep and deep into Ness's mind, you fight things like loaded dice and uh carefree bombs that totally those, destroy you. Oh my goodness. Those <sighs> those wreck you. Worse than the records. Worse than the records, they wreck you. Yeah, you just get mortally wounded constantly, and you're just trying to fight the ticker. Like, you also oh, have I gotta only kill one guys. guy. You have Ness, so yeah, you don't have all your backup. The flying man only does so much. Acts kind of like a like a bullet shield a little bit, mm-hmm. but not not super much. So, so eventually, if you're able to somehow survive this onslaught, your flying man's probably gonna die. Um, <laughs> but you reach the Sea of Eden deep within your mind, and therein lies Ness's nightmare. 
It's a Mani Mani statue. Yep. As you've seen throughout the whole game, from the very beginning, this thing has contained so much evil that it's just stuck in his mind as like this this block, this roadblock that's preventing him from being as all all powerful as he normally is. But he's being held back by this. So, as you fight him, you're he's using attacks on you that you have, yeah. like your your favorite thing, your side favorite thing, which right. you know defaults like Rockin right. or whatever it is. Mine so was Gaiman. Yeah. I think there's so that's kind of that's kind of the the payoff for putting your favorite thing in is this thing is using it against you because it's you it's actually the dark part you're the evil part of your mind that you're fighting right exactly yeah it's kind of again we're gonna i'm gonna reference the ocarina of time where you fight against dark link right it's and it's very yeah. similar it's like you're doing similar moves as each other so it's kind of like well how do you defeat yourself yeah oh, so cool um yeah it's a very challenging fight appropriately so there's since some you're attacks that will just instantly kill you don't not even oh yeah hit your uh, counter your wall rolling uh rolling hp meter right. down it just instantly kills you, you. just get insta gibbed yeah that's that's frustrating so mm. this is probably going to be a difficult fight for you um but eventually if you can somehow manage it Ness gets to conquer his fear and like alex said he becomes a better person transcends and becomes a better person he gets when leveled he awakens. up like crazy all this stuff yeah. like it's kind of kind of showing you like yeah see now you de- defeated the evil in your mind now you're invincible but you're, not, you're not invincible but sure. you're very powerful yes it is great so together they leave uh saturn valley him and his friends now having awoken um they leave saturn valley and they go to dr andonuts where he is working on finishing up the phase distorter, which is supposed to be the last kind of piece in the puzzle of defeating mm-hmm. Gygus. This is the thing that allows them to go through time and space and defeat Gygus. But there's still a little bit left needed to get this phase distorter up and running, and they need a meteorite. So where are we going to find a meteorite? Hmm. If you remember. Yes, full circle, back to the beginning of the game, as we talked about last week. Meteor very, crashed. Very, very start of the game. Yeah. Very, very start. Meteor crashes into Onet on a hill, and you have to go and check it out. So this time, we get to go back to Onet, get to try and grab that meteorite But to the thing off. is, Onet's just completely overrun by darkness. So yep. you can see that Gygus is doing everything he can to stop them, even going back to Ness's hometown. And this is kind of also where it reflects on uh, when you go back to your, your, uh, your family's house, and everyone's all scared and stuff, and you're yeah. just like, it's... I like on this video that I was showing you, he was talking about how it's it's good that they put that scene of the family stuff right before so you can kind of see more of the connection of like him growing up and everything to kind of right. plant that in your mind that like this is this is very bad that Gygus is at his place because now he's attacking his like his family and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So enemies are much harder. You have all these uh, the ghosts of Starmen and um, those annoying robots. And oh, those robots. And you have to get right back up to that meteorite, finally get it, and finally you can go back. Yep, so you grab the meteorite. There's no boss fight, luckily, at this point, because yeah. you've been, like, murderized by so many of these Ghost of Star men and such. So you just teleport back to Mr. Doctor Andonuts in uh, Saturn Valley. I hope he wouldn't be he wouldn't be offended if I called him Mr. Andonuts. Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. <laughs> Go back to Saturn Valley and uh, give him that meteorite so that they can finish together, Dr. Andonuts and Apple Kid, can finish the phase distorter and warp you through time and space. So... When they do, after you take a, a short nap, I guess, and you awaken and it's finished, you go and get teleported to that same weirdo cave that we visited before that just kind of seemed like a dead end. But when you're there, you find a couple of uh, Mr. Saturns. And you find a broken face disorder, too. Yeah, like, what the heck is going on here? And so before you can really go too far into it, Dr. Andonuts arrives with Apple Kid in another phase disorder. Phase disorder three. <laughs> phase disorder three. And it says that Gygus is attacking them from the past. 
And so we in have this to very location. So yeah. this, this location is kind of like limbo in a way. Yeah. That they, that's nothing really happening. But in the past is where uh, Gygus is. Yes. Great point. So it's they have to teleport the crew back through time now instead of space. But they can't send living life forms. They can't send organic material through time. And so the only solution... This is where it gets super dark. Yeah. The only solution is that the kids will have to agree to have their souls stripped from their bodies and placed inside robots. Yep. Whew. Yeah. You did not see this coming in a, in a kid's game. No, not <laughs> at all. Out, I mean, it's not really a kid's game, but it starts out very cheerful and lighthearted. Oh, yeah. The colors and everything really reinforce that. And then it gets into, well, you're going to have to move your souls and implant it into a into a robot. Into a robot. <laughs> But this is for the best of the world. And so it's not even like an instant thing. You actually go through each one of the characters, them lying down with these mechanical noises right. going around. Yeah. And it's just like it's it really sets the, the tone. It just really like, okay, this is and these kids, like, they're doing this because they know it's gonna save so much. It's just yeah. I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself in the story <laughs> here. But yeah. yeah. They had to be very dedicated to be willing to do this. For, but I mean it's it's the the stakes are very high. So mm-hmm. So you are teleported through time now in these do- you have to these robots multiple times too. He's like, are yeah. you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Like, okay. Like, really, this is the point of no return here. Yeah. There's no guarantee you're going to come back to your bodies. Like this is it. Uh, but they do it, and they're sent to the cave of the past to defeat Gygus. It's this foggy kind of gray area, this weaving sort of path that goes through. Almost futuristic in a way, because it's kind yeah. of like like metallic and very yeah, it's very weird. It is. It's strange. And so you've got these super scary enemies. There's the squatter demon that's just yeah, like this face. face. And it's, uh, it's a palette swap of the uh, the tent. The I tent. Think. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yes. And which then there's also the creepy. final starman, which is also kind of a successor to in the first mother game. There was the last starman, and that was the ultimate like oh the last starman. So this mm-hmm. one is Saigo no Starman, and so it's the final one. Um, there's even a bionic kraken in there, although personally I never encountered I never one. Ran, ran into one. Maybe it's rare. That's where you find the uh, Nessa's best weapon. Oh. It's one of those one out of 128 oh, encounter rarity things. But his legendary bat, I think bionic it's called. Kraken. Huh. Yeah. So you walk through the strange stairway and you come across now another stairway, but instead of being this futuristic thing, it's like it's made of intestines. You're like walking well, you up go this, this like, Yeah, you go thing. through this and find another cave in this cave. Yeah. And then you walk up, and that's when it just gets really creepy because, like he says, you see these tendrils that look like intestines. Yeah. Like, it's they look very organic, oof. even though no organic can be can exist in this area. Right. And this reaches the climactic final battle between Gygus and, of course, Pokey. Yeah. Pokey! Pokey's <laughs> somehow in there. I, he looks pretty sickly, so he probably didn't transport that well, but he's in like his, his own kind of pod to hopefully keep him attached. <laughs> yeah, I guess somehow, Gygus probably has just this crazy amount of power that even Dr. Andonuts is not able to reach and figure out like a way to send organic beings through space and yeah. time. So yeah, I'm going to say probably the power of evil got him through there. But yeah, he's he's sickly looking. He's in this heavily armored form. It's almost like a mechanical spider or something. Mm-hmm. And Gygus, we see him as just this like massive stuff organs organs yeah just like this and really this eye that has ness in it yeah but that's not right. the robot ness the actual ness the yeah the, the ness's ness. actual face with the red cap and everything Which so confusing this enters the final battle between gygus pokey and ness and crew so we're going to get to that in a moment we're going to listen to some more music real quickly we're going to listen to appropriately gygus intro pokey means business 
and prayer for safety. If you want to call in 949-824-5824, 949-UCI-KUCI, you can talk to us and say what's up. But unfortunately, we did give away our item of the week. The Onet Mousepad is going to Mr. Philip out of Irvine. Thank you again so much for calling in for that. If you want to check out our socials, please do so. Facebook.com slash radio is where you want to go to to hit the like button and get updated every day or so. Actually, I'm, I'm posting pretty regularly there, as well as the Instagram, which is at DJ double underscore Marmar. I did do an Instagram live of the first majority of the show, uh, so feel free to check that out if you want to see us talk while talking on air. We also have our playlist page now. It is available at lagradio.kuci.org. You can see all the stuff that we've played before, as well as links to those songs. All right, without further ado, get into the music, and then we discuss the final battle of Earthbound. Thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss, here with Alex, and we are Lag Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss, here with Alex, and we are Lag Radio. Just finished up listening to Prayer for Safety. And then before that one was Pokey Means Business. And before that one at the top of the set was Gygus Intro. We're talking Pokey, about Pokey Means Business was two songs if you uh if you'd heard of the switch up there. So that's oh, the same yeah, yeah. Song, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It is it is two. It had the very, very abrupt change in there. Yeah. Um, sounded very much like a traditional boss fight at the beginning and then yeah, the change. Whew, good stuff. So we're talking about the final boss fight now in Earthbound. We've gotten to Gygus, the interdimensional evil alien being thing uh yeah you are you are faced with pokey and gigas pokey's in this mechanical spider looking device you focus down pokey first um for sure you want to take this guy out just like in a typical boss fight if you've got the little cohorts and you've got the big dude you take out the little little cohorts first so when you're taking him down pokey uh More like little co-snort because <laughs> he's Porky in the Japanese room. That's true. That, that only would, would have made sense if he was named Porky in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get that reference. Uh, yes, yeah, so you focus on Porky, and really, crap starts to hit the fan pretty quickly. Porky, Pokey, says... <laughs> now I'm going to say no, that. I got one. it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, he says, you know what? I'm going to turn off the demon machine. You don't even... You can't even fathom... His dialogue guys. in this is so good, too. It's yeah. just really like evil and menacing and... yeah. Like as as evil as Gygus is, his yeah. is just like he's like been like vengeful and stuff. I thought Pokey just wanted to like play some pranks on like his no. friends or or whatever, evil. bro. No, he is true evil. So Pokey turns down what is called the Devil Machine, and you get to see Gygus's true form, which is this just wild haze of red and black hate, and it's this contorted face of a person pretty much it's the backgrounds of uh, yeah. of earthbound but just as a boss right exactly something you've never encountered yet in the game yeah all of the enemies have been the their sprites on the background that changes and warps and stuff and it's really cool and trippy throughout the game this there isn't in any any enemy it is just the background and that is what gygus is and so it's here where you start to see that Gygus doesn't really take a whole lot of damage, be it physical or psychic damage, and a lot of the party struggle is just going to come from surviving his attacks. And those attacks, really cool, just the way that they even say it, whenever a Gygus attacks, it says you cannot grasp the true form of Gygus's attack. Yeah. It really establishes that like this is something that's beyond just a physical thing. It's, it's yeah, it's something mental and, and crazy. Yeah. But also before this, Pokey also mentions like he's like, "Oh, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? You're gonna cry for your mommy and, <laughs> and like just all this like stuff that actually ends up being a hint on what you do in the game." 
Right. But it's like, no one can help you now. Why don't you just yell for help or something like that? Yeah. Kind of hinting that, like, this is what you got to do. Because you keep attacking them, attacking him, and nothing nothing phases. There's, like, no, no damage being done. And Yeah. So there is a solution to this, luckily. And it lies in the one and only ability that really was never explained. It kind of had no real purpose until this moment. Paula happens to have an ability called Prey. And before this, it kind of does this random effect sometimes. Like by Metronome like, in Pokemon, if you play Pokemon. Yeah. Kind of like that, although you'll randomly heal is, or yeah. you'll randomly give poison to someone, or yeah. Metronome was useful sometimes, though. Yeah. Prayer really had like no real point. There's never any significant amount of HP that it more risky you. than it was. Yeah. It was more risky. So this point, prey finally gets to be useful. Every time she prays, she does the prey command. It sa- she says something like, "Please, someone, anyone, hear our plea," and all of the people that you've kind of met through the game at this point, it kind of cuts cuts to this little cutscene where they're thinking about Ness and Paula and crew and just, like, wishing them the best. And they're praying alongside, you know, Paula. The Runaway Five, Paula's preschool, where she helps out at all the kids that love her there. Tony, uh, Jeff's friend from and boarding this is done school. incrementally. Every time you pray, it does damage to Gygus. So you're seeing, like, okay, this is actually doing something. Right. It's actually being effective. Yeah. And I mean, even even every time you're doing this prayer, Gygus is still attacking you, still doing this crazy stuff, and also really creepy interjections like, I feel good. And there's all these dot, dot, dots in between. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. yeah. It's so creepy. It's great. So it's just this massive, crazy struggle. You're just trying to survive and keep praying, keep praying. You see Ness's family and and Frankie and the leader, you know, the leader of the Onet gang, the sharks from way back in the yeah. beginning, and it all culminates into one final prayer of healing and helping from none other than. Well, what happens is well, you eventually, you keep praying, and then it says your prayer was absorbed in the darkness. Right. Yes. And you're that's like, true. oh, what do I do now? And so you just keep praying, and it's like. Um, their, their prayer reaches and then it has like a name. It's like all the letters are taken out except for like a couple. And then you keep doing it and it eventually says that that uh, you as the character, which you put your name in earlier, yep, is praying for them. Which is one of the, I don't know of any game that really does that at all. And it's such a special part of this game because it's like you are, you don't know, it's saying like you don't know these characters, but you are praying for their for their uh, well-being and like that you're emotionally invested in them and not it not just like you're playing this game and with these characters in the game. Yep. It's like you're part of their world. You are part of it says even, you know, whatever your name is, prayed for the kids without even ever having met them. Yeah. You're still praying for these little pixely characters. So each time it just keeps flashing back to guys and finally the last time where it says your name prayed for the kids deals like 25,000 damage or something and the the battle, the war with Gygus is over. And it's just this really crazy segment where where the Gygus's faces are just like warping and, and doubling and tripling and just like multiplying and it's just this static haze and it's wild. And Pokey comes in at one point, right? He comes in near the end, yeah. Yeah. He's just like, kind of like smell you later because <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh shoot, well, you'll see me in another time, another place or something like that. <laughs> it disappears. You may have defeated out. the embodiment of evil, but yeah. I'll get you next time. So the kids then, their robot bodies, (laughs) the kids' robot bodies are uh, strewn all across the ground. They are damaged beyond repair, and their souls float on outside of their bodies, back through time, and into their original human bodies in the present. Luckily, yes. Because they didn't know if that would work or not, but 
obviously it did. Yes, that was they were able to save their save their souls, and they go back to their original human bodies. And so back in Saturn Valley, the friends start to say farewell to each other. Pooh says, "I have to go back home to Delam. I'm going to use my experiences that I learned with the group for the best of my country." So very and he very uses, responsible. Uh, a new psi technique called psi farewell. <laughs> yes, which good point. just makes him teleport and leave presence. Yes, which are all relevant presence. to each person. Yeah, yeah, the presents. The presents are great. Each one of them is a letter for uh, each of the kids. One of them from Tony to Jeff saying, you know, hey, I really, uh, you know, I missed you. I can't wait to see you again. I bet your glasses are dirty. There's a one for Paula from all the kids saying, please oh, come home and be cute, safe. Yeah. yeah, and there, there's like awkward, uh, what's it, just like bad grammar yeah. in there to make it like really seem like letter. it's kids. Yeah, and then there's one from your mom to you, of course. Uh, as Ness, and she says, like, I heard you defeated some evil force. Was it Googie or something? Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Either way, come back home. We'll talk about it. <laughs> and so you've got all these letters. Um, Jeff says he's going to stay with his dad, Dr. Andonuts, uh, and they're going to just kind of hang out in Saturn Valley, I guess, or go back catch to up. their lab, catch yeah. up, basically, after 10 years. But they do. The Jeff does say, hey, you know what, Ness and Paul, if you get hitched one day, Maybe I'll fix your broken electronic appliances. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like his parting words to them. Paula, though, she doesn't disappear. She asks you to escort her home. And at this point, you can just go through all the, the whole world of the game and talk to NPCs and get different dialogue. Right. But for me, I was I was just like, I wanna I wanna get to the end of this game. Yep. Not because I was tired of it, because I just wanted to I wanted to just tie up the loose ends and just see like, the conclusion. See that was the me conclusion too. Of it. Yeah. Exactly right. So you teleport back to paula's town of tucson take her back you say one last farewell it's super cute scene where it's like <laughs> see you later all, all right. right see ya bye, bye. I hope to see you again it's <laughs> <laughs> really awkward but in text <laughs> and uh then you go home to onet everything there seems the same everything is normal king is there uh your sister tracy's there king is the dog's name by the way yeah, yeah. if you name him that yes if you name him that your mom is there and she says hey let's look over this album of photos that some dude delivered to our home and this is where finally you see the credit roll. The cast of characters all get their time in the spotlight. They each have their name. They're doing their little like animations in this cast credit. You kind of relive all the characters that you encountered in the game. Right, exactly. And once you go through all of the cast and they they say you know their goodbyes in the sense, the developers finally get to go on screen for their for their credit roll too. And in the background, that's where you're seeing all the photos that mm-hmm. that random guy who always said say fuzzy really pickles. It was really annoying at some points, but yeah. then you realize, okay, well, now I can relove all these. And what's cool about them is that all the photos are representative of where you were in the game. Uh, to like even to the point where if you had a teddy bear, it would be in the photo. Right. Um, if you had a certain party member in your team, you'll have it in a photo. And yeah, it's it's not just like stock photos. They uh, will just put you were there, you were there. It was like literal photos of the location you were in. Right. And I think they might even have changed them because I know there were certain photos where my party members were like obscured or they weren't. Oh, really? Like they weren't in the perfect position. So I feel like there may have been maybe they just picked good ones for me or by huh. RNG or something. But I don't know. Some of them, they, yeah, they they didn't have any bad photos in there. So it's like heck yeah, nice, good job, Fuzzy Pickles man. <laughs> but after the credits roll, finally, all that's done, and there's a scene after. Where Ness is awoken in the middle of the night by knocks on the door, just like in the beginning of the yep. game. But you see your HP and your inventory still the same as if it's we were at the end. Day. It's Groundhog Day. You answer the door, and it is Picky. Yep. Once more, Pokey's brother says he got Picky a letter. Munch. Picky, yeah, Picky Minch. Picky Minch. Munch. That's yeah, right. Picky Minch. Minch. And he says, I got a letter from Pokey. It says, uh, hey, Ness, find me if you can, basically. 
that's one it. last thing and that's it the end dot 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 and then the question mark Whew. that's that, that's earthbound that's earthbound Ooh, all right, let's listen to some music really, really quickly. A couple of little short tracks from the Gigas fight, and then yeah. we'll try and wrap up our our thoughts and gameplay in a very short amount of time. Thank you rushed. for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar Midboss here with Alex and Lag Radio. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Marmar the Midboss here with Alex and Lag Radio. We just got done listening to a few final little short tracks from the Gigas fight on Earthbound. Gigas Static was the closing one off of that. Before that one was Gigas Disintegrates, and then the top was Gigas is Wounded. And also there was Gigas is Fatally Wounded. Forgot that one, too. Yeah, that yeah. one came in there. So we, we finished have, like, the story. No We've got, like, no time to talk about the game itself, but you know what? We want to talk about the pros and cons, mainly. Pros and cons. All right. You know what? RPG, it was great. I really enjoyed, like, the writing, especially. Definitely just, the strong uh, points were the writing, the characters, the dialogue, the localization, especially, uh, how each character had its own personality, even if it was an NPC. That definitely is my mic on, or yeah, you're okay. Um, it, that's definitely what like is required to play the game, or or a reason to play the game for sure is all like the story because we did explain it, but it is so much better experiencing it and all the little like details that we didn't we couldn't fit in these episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. a thirty hour game, and I mean you get a full amount of like story and stuff. However, then oh, then there's also some really cool uh, like things that they innovated on with the. Um, RPG system, which was the rolling uh, HP meter for one, that really came in handy near the end when you have mortally wounded attacks and it takes about, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds to go all the way down. Sure. And in that meantime, you do have enough time to heal um, from that point and you don't have to worry about dying. So it's it's kind of helpful. But there are some negatives. Yes, yeah. So uh, difficulty spikes. Yeah. That was the first thing that I noticed in the game. There were moments, especially in the beginning, where it's just you as Ness, yeah. and it's just like you get ripped. Like we were talking about the Restful Peace Valley, for example. That was one of the most annoying with that exploding tree because you you just have Ness at that point, and that's like right up to the point where you can get another party member, but still it's just like it's brutal. It is. It definitely is. So I had to use an exploit, quote-unquote exploit, at one point where you use rock candy, which increases some of your stats. Um, but it's very difficult to do this, to even do this exploit, because you need to have a better inventory system. I swear, yeah, man, inventory system. That was system. the main thing uh, that really annoyed me. I'm a, I'm a hoarder when it comes to RPGs, and it's like, sure. I don't want to use this item. It might be the only one of this, or this is a rare one, so I want to save them for like a, an a, a especially hard boss. And that was really difficult because I don't know how many spots you had. Is it like 15 or something like that per person? Yeah, it might have been about that. And that includes your key items and your uh, equipment. equipment. So it was really annoying. Luckily in Mother 3, they improved that where key items has its own section. Nice. But yeah, Earthbound did have some flaws. But despite its flaws, it is definitely worth playing. I remember I'd never finished it. I played through up to Foresight about four times funny enough Jeez. <laughs> um, before i actually finished it this time because of lag radio and i'm very glad i did because it the payoff at the end i think is worth it and a lot of like of the story and figuring out what it means and everything is just it's it's definitely one of the best games for that story like i've heard someone saying that it's their best it's their favorite story like when people say like oh what's your favorite story it's like oh i never heard of that oh well it's 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 a game Oh, it's a video game? No, no, it's like it's a story that's really good. So yeah, if yeah, it was yeah. like a novelization, it would be great. Right. I think. Um, I think it really needs to be in the medium of a game because it's more fun being interactive that way and tricking you as a player and including you in the game. Yeah. So it works perfectly as a game, 
but it's much better as a story than a game to me. Right. Yeah. There were there were so many elements of the story that were forward thinking. Uh, you know, there were there were moments we kind of talked a little bit about it, but there's more darker moments in there. Kind of we didn't have time to talk about the Mani Mani statue and how it represents probably uh, commentary on materialism. We didn't get to talk about the happy happyism cultists and how they were probably well, we did a little bit we did a we little did talk about how it was just random like weird that it was being a nintendo game that they had like cults and stuff in there and sure sure and they went that way but yeah the, the definite like like a lot of the tone shifts in the game was was the most interesting part that it was just like put in a game that was supposed to be happy and stuff right and make you think like okay what's going on what is this evil coming from so, and even in the mid 90s here they have a character who's straight up like gay like that's a rare rare thing yeah tony is confirmed to be gay he was aware um by by itoy i think in one of the interviews huh. but i mean just looking through the dialogue between tony and and how he felt about jeff and the letter I didn't, and stuff i didn't fully get that but i'm curious to see that yeah i didn't know that was confirmed there's a lot yes. of stuff that that are theorized like a lot of people think the guy i guess thing is is about like a, a fetus. fetus and stuff yeah. that itoy has confirmed as false which is unfortunate because then you don't have that speculation but sure. it's also good in a way um, there's a lot more to talk about that, but we don't have time about yeah. about Gygus itself and what its what its meaning is. But Play the game. Can, yeah, it's it's definitely worth playing the game. It is timeless. Play. It is beautiful. It's got some great messages in there, and you're gonna love it. So Super Nintendo, if you played it like me on the Super Nintendo Classic, you can also of course emulate it. Legal issues aside, either way, you can get, hope it, on, you you can get it on Virtual Console and certain Virtual areas. Console, yeah, yeah. 3DS and uh, whatnot. So. That's going to wrap it up for Lag Radio this week. Check out, uh, check us out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash lagliferadio. Our Instagram is at DJ double underscore Marmar. The playlist site is lagradio.kuci.org. You can check out uh, the archive soon with our previous episodes on there. We're going to finish the night off with uh, Smiles and Tears, the last song in the soundtrack. But soon, shortly, Riders of the Plastic Groove is going to take over, so don't go anywhere. What are we doing next week? Next week, I won't be here. Really, really sweet. Uh, yeah, no Alex next week, but we will have some new guests. We're going to be talking about Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation Two originally, remastered for the PS3, and then totally revamped for the <laughs> PS4. So get on that if you want to join us for the next episode. Get next on week. it. It's pretty short uh, adventure, about six hours according to what I've seen online. So should be able to get through it. But nevertheless, we will see you next week again. Thank you so much for Alex. Thank you. We will see you on Tuesday for Palace Watch. Yes, I'll be listening and. No, thank uh, you. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you for joining. See you. Bye.